Welcome to the She Grows Podcast. We are here for you. We are so excited to be able to come alongside of you and walk and grow together. Today, you'll be hearing from Jim Matthews, half of our She Lead team. She has a word that is close to her heart to share with you. Here's Jim. One topic I think comes up at the root of most conversations I have with people. It doesn't seem to matter the situation, the problem, the question, anything. This falls at the root of it almost every single time. And it's the parts of walking out our faith that seem so simple that no one wants them to be the answer to their question. Um, Things like reading the Bible, praying, and spending time in worship. Do you ever find that it can be difficult to accept that sometimes the answer is just simple? I know it can be hard for me at times, but um, so, so often, more often than I wish was true, I can be in a conversation and say, well, have you been reading your word? Have you been praying? Have you been spending time in worship? And the answer either be um, a simple no or Well, I tried that for a little while and it didn't work. And (laughs) the fact that I end the conversation there and say, we'll start there for a real amount of time and then let's talk again, doesn't always sit well with people because everybody wants to be able to conjure up like a more difficult answer. Problems should have a difficult answer, right? Um, But I want to dig in today to some of the basics, the things that have that literally every other thing has to be built on or you won't be able to stand through any trial or any difficulty. You won't have clear vision. You won't have the energy to fight and you won't have the strength to lead, Um, whether it's other people or just your family or just yourself. Um, We're all a leader in some aspect, but I'm going to focus on Ephesians 6 because it's all there and it lays out all the power that is truly packed into things that really just have to be part of our lives as believers. Um, I'm going to read the entire passage first together. Then we're going to look at the different elements in here. It's so good. I'm looking at Ephesians 6 verses 10 through 18. It says, a final word, be strong in the word, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on all of God's armor so that you'll be able to stand firm against all the strategies of the devil. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers of this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so that you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil evil. Then after the battle, you will be standing firm. Stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth and the body armor of God's righteousness. For shoes, put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you will be fully prepared. In addition to all these, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. Put on salvation as your helmet and take the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Pray in the spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. That, oh my gosh, that's just so good. There's so much packed into this passage and I could really just about take every sentence alone and talk to you all day long about what it really means. Like if you really dig into all of the things that are packed in here, but we're going to look specifically at the armor he tells us to put on every single day. And what I want you to note before we even dig in is that it says 
after the battle, you will be standing firm. We will all be in battle. There is always something coming against us. So don't feel singled out when you're in a trial. Don't feel picked on or like there's something wrong with you in your life. The truth is we're all going to encounter battles and hard times. And the difference in how you walk through and stand after the battle is whether or not you're fighting in your own strength or we are wearing God's armor. So let's take a look at just the way we're instructed to suit up, okay? First, he says, it's the belt of truth. He says, stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth. This isn't always easy these days, really. The truth that lines up with the word of God doesn't tend to be the truth that matches what culture communicates. I could get into a whole other discussion on real truth and relative truth and stolen truth. But for today, just simply put, if it doesn't line up with the truth of the word of God, it's not for us. You can't be confused or swept into the thoughts of culture just because it's the easy thing to do. You have to be very, very intentional about the way we think and live because walking in ignorance just because you don't want to have to confront issues isn't going to fly these days. There is no way to stand your ground if you haven't defined your ground based on the word of God. It makes me think, this makes me think of when my son plays his VR headset, his little Oculus thing. When he first starts, he's got to draw a circle of where he is and where it's safe to be. Because if he doesn't do that, or if he does it wrong, he will fall down the stairs, or he will run into the couch, or he will um, run into the counter or something. Like He's got to define the safe space for him. And I think of that every time I think about this, but you cannot stand your ground if you have not defined what the ground is that you're standing on. And that's got to be based on the word of God. Truth. So the next thing is the body armor of God's righteousness. Um, I, I looked up this word, righteousness, because I feel like it's a word that we can either assume the meaning of and lose it over time or just not know altogether. Um, Merriam-Webster, the dictionary, defines righteousness as acting in accord with divine or moral law, free from guilt or sin, morally right or justifiable, a righteous decision, um, arising from an outraged sense of justice or morality and righteous in indignation. Uh, so what does that tell us? Uh, righteousness doesn't mean just doing the right thing. When I hear the word righteousness, it sounds like being right, doing the right thing. But it also means standing for the right thing. Righteous indignation is a passionate phrase. Um, but more so, it doesn't just say our righteousness. It says God's righteousness. We're to put on God's righteousness. He tells us in scripture the things that he hates and the things that he loves. And putting on God's righteousness is standing for what he lays out in his word, which is truth. Whoa. Right? Okay. Funny how all this ties together, right? It's almost like he meant to. So truth will lead us to God's righteousness. And the next is peace. I feel like this is an interesting next um, ingredient in our armor, peace. Um, but here's what it tells me. It tells me that it's not our job or calling to run around fired up in righteous indignation, starting fights. Um, it says for our shoes, we're to put on the peace that comes from the good news. So we'll be fully prepared. We're not to walk in fear. We're to walk in peace from knowing that God's promises a victory. 
We're not to walk in anger. We're to walk in peace that comes from knowing that God's grace is available to everyone. We're not to walk in defeat. We're to walk in the peace that comes from knowing that God prevails in every way over everything. We're not to walk in insecurity. We're to walk in the peace that comes from knowing that God has called us with a plan and a purpose. And all this comes from the good news of what? Of his word and our salvation. We're told multiple places in scripture to let our speech be gracious, to live in harmony with the peace, the people around us. But when you combine this calling to peace with the rest of the army we've put on so far, we're absolutely called to be peacemakers as opposed to peacekeepers. And the difference is standing your ground, standing for truth and making peace as opposed to keeping everything peaceful by keeping your mouth shut and going with the flow. That's getting swept up in culture just to keep everything easy. But again, you have to know the truth to have a peace to keep or a ground to stand on. And faith is the next thing. Next, we're to hold up the shield of faith. Um, Faith is defined as a complete trust or confidence in someone or something. Um, And often we look to the biblical definition of faith as well that we find in Hebrews 11 verse 1. It says, faith shows the reality of what we hope for. It's the evidence of things we cannot see. And it's faith that will be able to protect us from the fiery darts of the enemy, as the Bible says, because if we're strong in our faith, controversial issues or unexpected hard seasons aren't going to shake us. When we hold up that shield of a strong faith in Jesus and who he is, we can withstand and not be moved. The difference between you and perhaps the person next to you going through hard times is this shield that we're able to put in front of us that knows that it's not our strength or abilities that will get us through but the promises and the power of God. It's a powerful shield. And what's next? It's salvation. And it's salvation that we put on like a helmet. A helmet is worn to protect our heads um, for so many different reasons. In sports, on motorcycles, all kinds of things. But in this context of this scripture, where you see all these little elements reach a little bit farther than the obvious, I feel like this is to protect our minds. Because realistically, doubt, insecurities, um, distractions, they're going to creep into any of us. But when we wear the helmet of salvation and nothing is allowed through that helmet without passing through the truth that God loved us so very much that he sent his one and only son to die, that if we believe in him, we'll be saved. To truly filter every thought through the lens that we are loved that thoroughly and deeply, that should reflect deflect any and all attacks on our value and worth that we begin to knock our legs out from under us. You are so loved by the creator of the universe. Not just a little, but enough to give his only son for us. Enough to have numbered the hairs on your head and enough to have prepared purpose for us before we were even conceived. The details that weave together to create the you that you are right now are not an accident. You were built with purpose and for a purpose by a God who could have chosen to do anything, but he chose to create you and give us a way to access his presence through salvation. 
This has got to be the filter that everything passes through before we let ourselves get distracted or to feel defeated. The last thing in God's armor that we're to put on is our weapon. I mean, how can you go to battle without a weapon? Protections, protection, and weapons are weapons. This is how we fight. We're to take up the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. It's literally a weapon to be in the word, to memorize the word, to have it truly hidden in your heart so that when it's time to fight doubt and lies and attacks in the spiritual realm, we have something to draw from. There's nothing that our ideas and thoughts are going to do in a battle, but the word of God, mm, the name of Jesus, that's a totally different story. When we're constantly, and I do mean constantly, not give it a try and see if it works, but keep being in the word. He is constantly revealing more of himself to us. It's our literal instruction manual, a reminder of the power that he has given us as believers and children of God, that when we walk in his presence and in his anointing, we have all we need to defeat all the things that, are come ag- ag- that will come against us. As we look at this full outfit of armor to fight what comes against us, here's what I want you to see. All of these link together with a common thread of just knowing your father, truly knowing his heart. Secondly, it's God's armor. It's not yours. It's not your energy. It's not your strength. And it's not your abilities. It's his. But the only way to be close to our protector in battle is to be close to him in rest. To just be close. My prayer for your life is that you develop a longing for God's heart for his presence, to know his words so that we know his promises and his power. He's made it so easy for us, but so many of us walk through life trying to drum up answers on our own. I wish, oh, I wish I could see him watch us trying to figure all this out sometimes. (laughs) You know, he thinks we're crazy. He knows he's laid it out so clearly for us. But man, how proud he is when we make moves towards him. It can be scary when you're off track. It can be scary to say, God, it's me again. I've fallen. I've failed. I've tried again all by myself. But let me tell you something. When you come to Jesus, there is no guilt or condemnation found. There are just open arms and a father that's proud to see his daughters looking for him. God, don't let anything stand in your way from knowing him. The answer is always right there in front of your face. So don't make it harder than it has to be. It's always the simple things. It's staying in your word, and it's praying constantly. Being in communion and relationship with your father. You just have to remain in Him. Thank you for letting us be a part of your day today. Take some time and let this word sink in and let your mindset be changed by the Word of God. If you're new to reading your Bible and memorizing Scripture and need help with where to start, please reach out. We would love to help you. 
and point you in the right direction. Make sure to connect with us on social media so you're always in the know of what's going on and definitely follow or subscribe to this podcast. Share it with a friend you know who would get something out of it too. We would love to get the word out and reach farther with the word of God that he has for his daughters. This is the one way that we can talk this out together. Until next time, keep growing. Keep growing.